Okay, welcome back to the uh, Winning Athlete Formula podcast series presented to you by Golf Central. I am Mark Rigg here with Luke Latet. Luke, how are you going? Yeah, great. Thank you. How are you doing, bud? Very, very well. Very well. Um, so we've touched on the mental block. We've touched on standards. Uh, and here's one that everyone will know a little bit about, uh, even if it's just from your parents telling you that you had bad habits as a kid. Um, but habits, a- athlete habits is, is our next topic that we're going to talk about today. Um just so that everyone's on the same page, do we first start by touching on what what is a habit? Yeah, well, so a habit is something that you do habitually, obviously, <laughs> something you do automatically without realizing or and, and habits are designed to shut your subconscious your conscious off. So if we had to worry about every little thing that we do in our lives from uh, having a drink, to sitting down, to getting up, and, and the feel of of the the ground underneath your feet, and t- the touch of the uh, your clothes on your skin. Um, if we had to worry about all of that sort of stuff, we would be bogged down, and we would not about it. We wouldn't be able to uh, uh, function. So, with with uh, you know over two million bits of information getting thrown at us at any second of the day, uh, that's a lot of stuff. So, to make it easier for us the brain creates habits. So if you continually do something over and over and over again, it will create that as a habit. And then when you when you go to do that thing or or you see that thing or or whatever it is, your brain goes into automatic pilot and just goes, bang, done. Don't have to think about it now. Mm-hmm. So do you believe that there are good habits and bad habits or are there just habits? Yeah, that's a really good question because... It's easy for, if we're looking at this from an athlete perspective, it's really easy for a coach to say, that's a bad habit. But is it? Is it a bad habit for you? Or is it just a bad habit in general? And and I I think that that takes a little bit more investigating, uh, whether it works for you. Is it working for you? What does it give you? How does it, does it support you, nurture your growth? Does it, you know, does it get the job done for you? Mm -hmm. Uh, If it is then how could it be a bad habit? Uh, it's just about, I think when when we get into that conversation, I believe that we have to stop and just take a step back and say, okay, well, that's easy for someone to say, but let's get awareness about why I do it uh, and how it forms, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think Excellent. about habits. Excellent. So... Habits are things that just happen automatically. Bad habits are things that obviously don't help us to go forward. They, they hold us back. Is that? Yeah, they can definitely. So if you have a if you have a negative habit that's not uh, supporting your growth, not supporting who you are, and who you want to be, and where you want to go, then yes, that would mm-hmm. constitute as a bad habit, uh, and that then therefore becomes a block. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most people aren't aware of those blocks. 100%. So uh, as much as the, we have mental blocks, we have habit blocks. Yeah. We have standard blocks. Yeah. We have, there's so many different blocks out there, but getting control of the standards block mm-hmm. and the habit block really opens the gate to to success. Yep. And are they easy to change? Um, sometimes they can be. Sometimes they can be a real challenge. Yeah. Again, you have to understand how the habit works. So there's a thing called the habit loop that scientists have put together and the way this works is you get a cue so the cue or the trigger 
is set something off inside your brain to say, this is what we're about to do now. So then you get the behavior and then you get the reward. And that's how the loop goes. And it just keeps playing. So for those of you people that um, were around when uh, VHS video tapes were around, um, which I was and I know you were. Yeah. Think of it like that. Think of the cue being taking the video cassette out of the out of the cover, putting it in the in the machine, and whenever you put the the video in the machine, it would automatically play, always. And so that's exactly the same thing as what's happening here. We're, we're selecting a, an an autopilot tape, or let's look at it like like now we're selecting a, a we're going on a drive and we're selecting a playlist. To listen to on that drive we select the, the playlist and it automatically plays and it just shifts and shuffles through all those songs until you get to the end the reward we're done we're at the destination now so that's the same sort of thing as the habit loop that's that's the, a really easy way of understanding how the habit loop works yeah so yeah that's where things get the challenge what's the trigger mm-hmm. what's the cue how do we shift the behavior to get the same reward mm-hmm. because guess what the, the trigger and the cue that's not going to ever change. Whenever that trigger is formed and it, and it sets off, we're going. Mm. We need to shift the behavior yeah, okay. to get the same reward. But we have to understand what the reward is. Uh, an example of this would be, uh, think of a smoker, for an example. Uh, I've coached a few people that are, that are smokers to, to quit smoking. And they have different reasons for smoking. You have to understand what that reward is. So... For them, the reward, the the idea of smoking was to lift their stature as a as a person in that group, so they could belong. Okay, so how do we give you the same reward by having a different behavior? Mm-hmm. Because when that trigger happens, you you're about to play something. Let's change the behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's a real simple way of understanding how that happy loop works yep. and the challenges that can be faced with that. Because if you, that trigger is happening. It's always going to happen. Mm. You've got to understand the reward. Mm. Yeah. Good good advice. Good analogy with the smoking thing. It's, it's <laughs> something that people often would see as a habit. So, Which touches on where I want to go now with what, what sort of things can be habits. You talk about behaviors being habits, but are there other things in your career, in your sporting life that can become habits? Yes, definitely. So as an athlete, we're looking at creating habits. We need to create habits so that we can free up the space to be able to do the things we we need to do at the highest performance possible. So for me, I had a habit of before I would um, go out to hit, I would grab my helmet, I would put my gloves, my batting gloves on, always left, and then the second one with the right, I would never do them up. This is how this is how much I can break down my habit. I would grab my helmet and I put my fingers in the ears. And I would spin them. And I would do that two hitters before I was up. So the hitter's hitting now. The person's on deck, one more person, and I'll be ready to go. So I'm out there and I would spin my helmet, watching the pitcher, looking for cues in the pitcher, looking for what he's doing, looking for the, the, the catcher. What are they doing? I'm really plugged in. And I'm watching the hitters before me. What is the pitcher doing to them? Because I'm about to get something very similar. And I would swing it around. And then when we come to my turn to get into the on-deck circle, I would whack my helmet on, I would leave my gloves undone, and I would take three swings left-handed, and then one swing right-handed. But I would do that that right that swing right-handed, I would be doing it on 
on cue with the pitcher. So the pitcher would be pitching and I'll be trying to get the timing in with that one swing. Then it's my turn to hit. Now if I'm not if I'm not on deck straight away, if I, so if I'm not going into the after I've taken that right-handed swing, if I'm not going straight into the on deck uh, into the batting box, then I would switch from each pitch and I would lean on my bat, all right? And then I would switch. So I'd go from right to left, left to right, and I would just keep shifting until it was my turn to hit. And the reason why I did that was because I needed to just relax and then just to enjoy the experience. Then I would go into hit. I would look at my coach. I would dig out all the dirt in the on, uh, on the on in the in the batter's box. Put one foot in my the um, the batter's box. Put my two hands together. Tighten up my gloves. I would look up at my bat, and because I used to break bats all the time, I would say, "Just me and you one more time. Me and you one more time." I used to say it to myself, and then I'd get into the hit. And I'll take three swings, like three practice swings, and then I would get set and I would just breathe. And the things that I would say to myself were, don't let him hang it. Don't let him hang it. That's it. And so that was my habit. Mm-hmm. And it was a successful habit because it lifted my numbers astronomically as a hitter and everything started to fall into place for me then. When I didn't do that habit and I never got, and, and I was rushed, the outcome tend to be bad. Mm-hmm. Now that could be from a different couple of different reasons. One of those reasons could be that the habit didn't shift my brain on. The second one could be that I talked myself out of it. Yeah. And so if that's the case there, then, and you're that aware of your habits uh, and, and you go, well, I'm not going to be able to hit now because I didn't get a chance to do my habit. Then it maybe it's not the habit that's breaking down. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. So it happens subconsciously. It's not something you have to think about doing. It's not something... Um, how long did that take for you to develop? Like, you obviously understand it very well, and I know that the people out there listening can't can't see us, but I've just watched you go through every motion and <laughs> do every movement yourself as if you were still there doing it. Uh, and so that's how much of a habit it still is. And I'm sure when you go down and you play, when you do go down and play <laughs> today, you know, um, um, that would still be the case. And when you coach, I've seen you in action coaching, and you do exactly the same things that you were doing. How long did it take for you to develop that habit? I did develop that habit for a long time. Uh, I, I, I could honestly say that by the time I got to the open age level, so, you know, 18, 19, uh, I had a down pat. Mm-hmm. And that's when things started to shift for me. Uh, mediocre performances started to, to, to become less and less. Uh, and, I, and I decided to stick with something. I decided to stick with it. And it's interesting you say that, you know, you see me doing those sorts of things. I mean, we, we played a, a, a fundraising event, a charity game called the Captain's Challenge for the current um, state team, Victorian Open Men's team. And when we played, I, I found myself as in the retired team now, as one of the geriatrics now, <laughs> I, I found myself without even thinking about it. And I hadn't played in eight years. I found myself doing that habit straight mm. away. Mm. And and the outcome for me um, wasn't great because I hadn't played in a while, but I still had, I still got my hit. I still got one hit in the game. And I, I was still put pressure on a pitcher and was happened so habitually, so just subconsciously had no idea I was doing it until after the game because one of my friends came over to me who was watching the game and says, you know, 
nothing changed. You still did that same thing that you used to do when, when I remember playing with you. And that, that really gave me a lot more, more insight into how habits work and how mm. they form and mm. how powerful they can be. Even because, after all that time being a geriatric, yeah. you still remember <laughs> And that's the point, isn't it, I guess? You know, the more, the more habits we can create, the more good habits that we can create, the, the more space we have in our mind to, to move forward and do other things. Yes, yes, definitely. So how would an athlete know what habits they need to change? Yeah, that's a really cool question. I, I think that uh, the one thing that I read was about Michael Phelps, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was at the Beijing Olympics. Uh, he... He, he he has a ritual um, that is a habit which shifts him into championship mode. It shifts him into, hey, it's game time. And it starts when he wakes up. And he goes through the same things all the way through the day until race time. And at this particular time, it was a gold medal race. Uh, and when he dove in, his goggles fogged up and become full of water. Now, part of his habits of visualization and understanding what, who, how many strokes it takes to get from one end of the pool to the other. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't see, and, and so therefore he couldn't see any of his opponents. He had no idea what he was, you know, what was happening around him. He could hear the crowd, and then he his habits had taken over completely. And so he just let go. Now he gets to the end takes off his glass, his goggles because he's thinking, oh, you know, where am I? Finishes the race, takes off his goggles, breaks the world record and wins the gold medal and nobody had come close to finishing his, their race. Yeah. So that's how powerful habits can be. And so um, that, that really sort of just solidifies how habits, how habits can move you beyond where you are. So if you're looking for, you have to be aware it's an awareness and it takes time sometimes to understand what it is you do. So a good habit or a bad habit mm-hmm. would be based on your your results. So what results? What did I do? How did I replicate that? Yeah. And we replicate that with the actions you did before you race, before you turn up to the ballpark. How I go about mentally preparing myself for that. Mm-hmm. That's part of a habit.